0: As the United States was expanding westward across the Appalachian Mountains and, and into places like Kentucky and Alabama and Tennessee, the Methodist church had what they called circuit rider preachers. Uh, and they were called circuit riders because they, would, they wouldn't they would preach at a, at a single church week after week after week like I do. They would ride a circuit. And so this Sunday, the first Sunday they might preach at this church, and the next Sunday they would preach at this church that's 30 miles away and the next Sunday they'd preach to this other church and they would they would ride this circuit uh, so that they would have preachers to cover all the various churches as they were expanding out into the frontier areas and there was a particular circuit rider named Peter Cartwright and Peter Cartwright had a reputation as being this very straightforward hard preaching uh, sort of man And so there was one Sunday when uh, it was time for church and and time for service, and before the service began, one of the people in the church came to him and told him, Mr. Cartwright, today President Andrew Jackson is going to be at church today. And so, you know, this was a big deal that the president was going to be there at church, and he says, so I don't want you to say anything out of line today right? Let me tell you, preachers love it when you come and do that, okay? Just, just so you'll know. Uh, so he says, you know, I don't want you to say anything out of line today while he's here. And so uh, as Peter Cartwright gets up to preach, he stands up at the pulpit and he says, uh, I understand that Andrew Jackson is here. I've been requested to be guarded in my remarks. Andrew Jackson will go to hell if he doesn't repent, Of course, the congregation was shocked. They, they wondered how the president's going to respond to this sort of, uh, of remarks. And after the service, President Jackson shook hands with Peter Cartwright and said to him, Sir, if I had a regiment of men like you, I could whip the world. He appreciated, he appreciated a man who was firm and unwavering in his convictions no matter the situation. And he said, if I had a bunch of people like you, we could do something. A man that would stand firm no matter the circumstances. And so as we've been working through this series called Exiles, looking at the beginning chapters of the book of Daniel, the question that we've been asking throughout this series is, how do you live out your faith in a world that's not your home? And today, what we're going to see as we move into Daniel chapter 6 is that we can live out our faith in a world that's not our home by striving for holiness in persecution. So if you have your Bibles today, i ask that you stand in honor of God's word. If you're able, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 6, a story that you might remember from when you were a child. Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to be in verse 16. Daniel chapter 6, verse 16, the word of God says... So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing in regard to Daniel could be changed. And the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said, has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke with the king, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths. And they haven't harmed me, for I was found innocent before him. And also before you, your majesty, I have not done harm. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. As we look at this passage, this chapter of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6... The action step for us today as we think about how to take this this word that God gave us, this event that happened thousands of years ago, and apply it into our lives today. The action step is to be set apart by the way that you live your life. To be set apart, to, to, to be holy by the way that you live your life and live out your faith. And so as we think about walking in holiness in a place where there is persecution, there's three things that I think that we can pull out of this passage this morning. And that is that it's going to require character, it's going to require consistency, and it's going to require courage. And so first I want us to notice the character of Daniel in this passage of Scripture. Because godly character will be a light in a land that's not your home. It'll, you'll look different. For example, in verses 3 and 4 of chapter 6, it says, Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit. So the king planned to set him over the whole realm. And the administrators and satraps, therefore, kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom. But they could find no charge or corruption for he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was found in him. That's the word on Daniel. Uh, It's that he had lived out what he believed. He was set apart. In fact, it says that he had an extraordinary spirit in him. Not an ordinary one, an extraordinary one. And so he looked different. His character was distinguished above everyone else in the kingdom. It says they could find no charge, no corruption. He was trustworthy. There was no negligence, no anything like that found in him. His his character set him apart. And this has always been God's plan for his people. When he set apart Israel as as his own people, it was so that they would be set apart as a light to the surrounding peoples. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, when God made this promise to Abram, he says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And this promise was realized when one came who was Abraham's seed that would That would be the fulfillment of God's word. He is Jesus the Christ. He's the holy one. He's the righteous one. He's the perfect one. He's the sinless one. And this Jesus came to earth. He died in our place. The righteous for the unrighteous. And we can be made holy. And we can be made righteous through faith in him. Romans chapter 4, verse 16, Paul tells us this is why the promise is by faith, so that it would be according to God's grace, to guarantee it to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of Abraham's faith. He is the father of us all. So that that promise that God made to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12 was realized in Jesus who came from the line of Abraham and who comes to give us righteousness and to bless us through his life and through his death and through his resurrection. And so as we put our faith in Jesus, the Bible tells us that we can be forgiven of our sins and that we are granted the righteousness of Christ, that we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ, that he places his very Holy Spirit inside of our hearts and we are filled with his Holy Spirit and empowered by his Holy Spirit to walk in holiness, to walk in righteousness. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, Paul says, that's not how you came to know Christ, assuming you heard about him and were taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, to take off your former way of life the old self that's corrupted by deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds to put on the new self, the one that's created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. And so as we, as we trust in Christ for salvation, that old self dies and is buried, is put away the one that's filled with deceitful desires and corruption. He says, and you put on a new self, we're made new in Christ, And this newness is found in the likeness of God and it's one of of righteousness and of purity and the truth. And so as we follow after the the word of God and we we seek the will of God, we then will be set apart from the world around us. In fact, in this passage, when the enemies of Daniel sought to bring a charge against him, it says that they couldn't. They couldn't find anything to, to accuse him of. Because he was so faithful in the way that he lived. You know, this wasn't just just a, a really good day for Daniel. You know, it wasn't like he just tried real hard one day. This is the way that he was. This is the way that he lived. And that's what character is. Character is when what's on the inside matches what's on the outside. Right? Character is when what's on the inside matches what's on the outside. And so sometimes we have to do some examination of the inside to try to match to, so that, that what's on the outside will become what we want it to be, right? David Brooks, in his book, The Road to Character, says, We live in a culture that teaches us to promote and advertise ourselves, to master skills required for success, but that gives us little encouragement to humility and honest self-confrontation which are necessary for building character. That honest self-confrontation. That's what a lot of us do here at this time of year, right? At the new year. is a little bit of honest self-confrontation. We look ourselves in the mirror, and maybe we don't like what you see. So as you honestly examine your own heart and life, as you pray for holy character in your life, as you listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, who is correcting us and reproving us, The Bible says that that ought to produce in us repentance and will produce godly character in our lives. Because when what we do doesn't match God's word, then there needs to be repentance. When we begin to look at our lives and and the the actions of our lives, the thoughts of our lives, the, the desires of our hearts, And if what we find there isn't matched up with what God's word says, then what we do is we repent of those things. We acknowledge them as sinful and we put them away and we pursue the Lord. We pursue holiness. And so as you look at your life and you begin this new year, there might be things in your life that need to change. There may be things that you've been sort of putting off for a while. Well, it's time to quit putting it off. It's time to to do something. It's time for change. And just like Daniel, your life will then be a witness to those that are around you. I mean, everybody, all the other leaders in Babylon knew about Daniel. They knew who he was. They knew his character. They knew how he lived. And your life is a witness just like that in your neighborhood at your school, at your workplace, around the people that you interact with. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, the Bible says, pursue peace with everyone and holiness. Listen to this. Without it, no one will see the Lord. Did you hear that? As we pursue peace with everyone and holiness, because without that, they won't see the Lord. Why is that? Because your life is a witness. Your life is a witness. And so your character is going to stand as a testimony to the God that we serve. And so people are going to see your life and say there's something different about her. There's something different about him and the way that he lives. In fact, if it doesn't look different, from the rest of the world, then something's wrong. That's the question that we've been asking all throughout this series is, how do you live out your faith in a world that's not your home? Well, here's the deal. If you don't look any different from the world, then the world is your home. We're assuming that the world's not your home. But if you don't look any different from the world, then the world is your home. James tells us in James chapter 2, verse 18, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. He says, show me your faith without works and I will show you faith by my works. He says, my works will be a testimony to my faith. The way that I live will be a witness of the faith that I have in God. And so your godly character will be a light in a land that's not your home. And so as we're going to, to walk in holiness In the midst of persecution, it's going to require character in us. But the second thing that we see in this passage is that it's going to require consistency from us. Consistency. Godly consistency is going to prove that God is at work in your heart in a land that's not your home. As you do it day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year. Look what happens in verse 10. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house and the windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed and gave thanks to his God just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. All right, so the, the story here is the, the satraps and the, the other leaders are jealous of Daniel because he was a man of extraordinary spirit and, and the king wanted to put him over the whole realm and so they wanted to figure out how to, how to get Daniel out of the way, how to trap Daniel and they, they're thinking about how are they going to do this and they said, here's what we'll do. We'll get the king to enact a law that if you pray to anybody else besides him that you're going to get thrown into the lion's den. That's what, that was what they came up with. And so it says here in verse 10 that when he, when he learned that this document had been signed by the king, what does he do? He goes to his house and he prays, just like he had done before. This was the consistent pattern of his life. And Daniel had developed these habits of worship and communion with God. Now, this is the time of the new year, and this is the time that we make resolutions. I was reading this past week that last year in 2020, the most Three most common resolutions were these. One, I bet you'll know these, a new exercise routine, right? 34% of people wanted a new exercise routine. Second is a new hobby. 31% of people wanted to, some sort of a new hobby. And third is a new cooking regime. 29%, you know, I'm going to cook healthier or better or whatever. You know, I'm going to eat differently this year. Uh, but here's the deal. The average respondent then said they usually only keep their New Year's resolution for 36 days. 36 days. So a little over a month, we do it, right? Until it's like, I'm tired of eating salad, right? Or I'm just not going to the gym today. Or that hobby wasn't any fun, you know? And so, uh, so we get tired of, of whatever it was after about 36 days. So when it comes to developing new habits at the New Year, we usually aren't very consistent. But every now and again, sometimes there'll be something that, that, you, that you start a resolution and it'll stick. And it becomes a consistent lifestyle change for you. As you look at this passage of scripture, the enemies of Daniel knew that he was consistent in living out his faith. When they realized that they couldn't bring any charges against Daniel of corruption or of anything else, they said, there's nothing we can do. I mean, this guy, he's, he's like, he's like a, a choir boy. I mean, he's doing everything right. He's, he, there's nothing that we can bring against him, any sort of charge against him. So what did they come up with? They, they proposed that let's, let's get the king to, to make this, this law about praying or petitioning any other god besides him. Why do you think that that's the rule that they came up with? Because they knew that Daniel was praying to God every single day. They knew that. They knew that he was going up to the upper room in his house and he was praying to Jerusalem three times a day. They knew this about him. And so because they knew that Daniel was faithful to pray to the Lord every day, they they decided that this is the way that we will catch him. And all of this began when he was a young man that was set apart by not partaking in Nebuchadnezzar's food. And he grew into uh, a man that was set apart and able to hear God's voice and to interpret the dreams of Nebuchadnezzar. Now we're under King Darius, and he continues to maintain this life of devotion. And so in verse 5, it says, These men said, we will never find any charge against Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. Unless we do something about him living out his faith. That's the only way we're going to get him. They knew that when it came to being obedient to the Lord, that Daniel would be faithful. And if they enacted this law, he would continue to pray to God because that's what Daniel does. And so in verse 11, it says, then these men went as a group and they found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. You know what? They were right. They were right. Why? Because Daniel was consistent. He was consistent. And so are you living out your faith consistently in the world? Do people know that you're going to do it? That you're going to walk with the Lord? That you're going to walk in obedience? How many times have you started to try to do daily devotions and a week later quit? How many times have you decided I'm going to quit whatever this habit is and a week or two later pick it back up again? We've done that, right? So how is it that we become consistent? First, I think that real life change comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. Your willpower isn't going to do it, right? You putting down cigarettes, willpower only works so much. But if you will pray for the Holy Spirit to do this work in you, the Holy Spirit can produce real change. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says, So then, dear friends, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every impurity of the flesh and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Let us cleanse ourselves from everything from the fear of God, he says, by seeking him. And so you'll become consistent as we pray and seek God for inner change. But secondly, real-life real change Is gonna come through desire, right? The the Holy Spirit's gonna do what the Holy Spirit does. He's gonna work, but you need to want it in your life. You need to to desire change. You must want a holy lifestyle more than you want sin. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. For righteousness, for they will be filled. He says the Holy Spirit's going to do what he's supposed to do, but we have to want it also. He says those who blessed will be those who their hunger and thirst for righteousness, that, that, that want this within their heart. And then thirdly, I believe that real life change comes through accountability by having someone in your life that will hold you accountable. If you say to this person, I want to change this and I want you to ask me about it, then you'll begin to see real consistency occur. A lot of us this time of year decide that we want to spend more time in God's word this year. This is a common one that that you see among Christians to say at the the beginning of the year, I want to read through the Bible in a year this year or I want to do this sort of reading plan this year. And you have these sorts of plans and aspirations. If you will ask someone to hold you accountable in it, you'll be much more likely to follow through. We put out on our Social media and in our mission folder every single week a uh, 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 read through the Bible in a year plan. And I don't just do that because we don't have enough stuff to put in the mission folder, okay? I put that on there because I want you to read the Bible. Okay, so, so take the, the Bible reading plan that, that we put out there and read it every week. And then have someone hold you accountable to do it. That is what D groups are, right? If you go out into the, the uh, hallway going out, out of the atrium, there on the wall is the discipleship journey pathway and the A group and the B and the C and the D. The D group, the discipleship group, the whole point of that is to, is to have a group of three or four men, three or four women that will, that will hold one another accountable to say, I want to read God's word this year, help me. I want to stop doing X this year, help me. And you hold one another accountable in those things. And godly consistency in our lives will prove that God is at work in a land that's not your home. And so you see here in Daniel's life that he had character. He had consistency. But the third thing that we see here is that he had courage. Godly courage will stand, will stand in holiness in a land that's not your home. Daniel continued to walk with the Lord even when he knew it might cost him, and it did. He was arrested. He was thrown into the lion's den, uh, and, and it, it, I mean, that's a certain death sentence, right? I mean, no one spends the night in the lion's den and doesn't die, okay? I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what this is. It's a death sentence, and we know that, that Babylonian kings would have lions trapped and they would release them. they do sort of sport hunts and, and different things. In fact, this is a picture of an inscription from a king a few uh, years before uh, the passage that we're reading today uh, where you see a picture of a lion that's being released out of a cage. And so uh, these are the sort of things that were, that were happening in those days. Uh, and, and history tells us Later on, when you get to the, the Roman Empire in the, in the first century, in the New Testament times, that the, the emperors would, would collect wild beasts and they would feed Christians to them as punishment and as entertainment for the masses. And so the, these sort of things happened in the ancient world. And the Babylonians had these lions that were used for punishment. And Daniel doesn't stand a chance when he's thrown into uh, a den of lions and they roll a stone over it and they seal it for the night. I mean, when you come in the morning, you're looking for bones is is basically what, what you're looking for. But God, who can command the winds and the waves, can also shut the mouths of lions. And that's what he does in this passage of Scripture. I love this quote from John Wayne. He says, Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway, right? It's it's taking the step and following God even when it's scary. It's stepping out of the boat even when you don't see the whole picture. It's understanding that, that our life is really just about serving God. That's what it's about. Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I'm urging you to do what? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice that's holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what's the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And so he says, offer up everything about your life to serve God. That's what a sacrifice is. It's a living sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice nonetheless. You are offering your life to God. And he says, this is your true worship. This is what worship really looks like. That you would offer your whole self to God, to be used of him. And so he says, don't be conformed to the world. Don't don't make this world your home. Instead, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, walk in holiness in this world no matter the cost no matter the consequence and daniel had courage here to live out his faith and god was faithful to protect and guard daniel verse 22 He says, my God sent his angel, and he shut the lion's mouth, and they haven't harmed me, for I was found innocent before him. And also before you, your majesty, I have not done harm. And so as we've been going through this series of exiles, we've learned how this exile life means trusting God in the midst of trials. We've learned how this exile life means that we're going to rest in the sovereignty of God, that he's in control. And that's exactly what Daniel's doing here. Talk about trials. He's going to go spend the night in a lion's den. But he's resting in the fact that God is in control. In verse 23, it says, The king was overjoyed. He gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. For he trusted in his God. You see, courage doesn't come from puffing out your chest and and acting tough. Courage comes from a deep trust in an omnipotent God. When you have faith in God's salvation and you know where you are headed for eternity, then whom shall I fear, right? And that's what Daniel is saying here. Whom shall I fear? You are untouchable until God says it's time for you to come home. And so Daniel says, I am going to walk in courage. I'm going to walk and live out my faith no matter what. James Awe he says that God brings men into deep waters not to drown them but to cleanse them. So that means that when we are in those deep waters, stand firm in this dark world. Put on the full armor of God and stand against the schemes of the evil one. Be strong and be courageous in the power of God because God has promised to be with us as Emmanuel. And so that means that we should walk this journey of faith. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 8, the prophet says, A road will be there and a way, and it will be called the holy way. The unclean will not travel on it. But it'll be for the one who walks the path. Fools will not wander on it. So, are you going to walk the path this morning? Because the end of the story is really the difficult part, right? It's one thing to be a man or a woman of character, it's one thing to be a man or woman of consistency. But what about when it's going to cost you? Are you going to walk the path then? What about when it may mean that your friends stop inviting you to hang out? What about if it means that your boss is going to fire you? What about if it means that your family is going to disown you? What about if it means your very life? Are you still going to do what's right? Do you have the courage to walk in holiness even in persecution? Because listen, it could be really easy to cut some corners in this situation. I mean, Daniel, he prayed every day, right? He could take a couple days off and just let this whole thing blow by, right? Until the, the, the king changes his mind and goes to a different law. He could just sort of not pray for a little while. But godly courage will stand in holiness in a land that's not your home. And just like Peter Cartwright Are we going to be men and women that are firm and who are unwavering in our convictions no matter the situation? That's what it looks like to live as exiles in a land that's not your home. And so Christians, this morning, as we think about this passage of Scripture, the action step for today was this, to be set apart by the way that we live out our faith. That was certainly the case with Daniel. But is it the case with you? the case with you that your life is set apart by the way that you live out your faith so are you striving for holiness as an exile is your walk one of character and one of consistency one of courage maybe this week you set some resolutions about your walk with God that you want to aspire to for 2022 Maybe during this time of response, you want to come and and commit those things to the Lord here at this altar. Say, God, I I want to to see some real change this year. I I want to live differently this year. There may be others here this morning that need to trust in Christ for salvation. We've been talking about looking differently, about living differently. And you realize that in your life that you don't. You realize in your heart that you don't see that, that your life is still one where you're choosing sin, where you're choosing your own way. And the Bible says that all of us have done that. All of us have, have, have wandered astray. We're all like sheep that have gone astray from the Lord. And that all of us are in need of salvation. The good news of the gospel is that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to pay the price for your sins for those things that you were just thinking about, those things that you've done wrong, those things that you know are are the dark places inside your heart. He loved you even though those things were there, and he came and paid the price for them. Jesus, who is the Holy One, the Righteous One, gave his life as a substitute for you and for me on the cross. He paid our debt there, dying in our place. But on the third day, he rose from the grave, and he conquered death, and he conquered sin for us. So that through faith in him, we could be forgiven of our sins, we could be cleansed of our sins, we could be given his righteousness, and we could have a relationship with God. And this morning, I can't think of a better way to start off this year than as a new born again man or woman in the Lord. And So maybe that's the decision that you need to make today to say I want to turn or repent of my sin and turn to Jesus to find forgiveness and relationship this morning. We're gonna stand and sing in a minute. There's gonna be leaders here all across the front and they're there to talk with you, to pray with you. And so if this is a decision you wanna make, then I wanna encourage you to come and to share that with one of them today. But however God is speaking to your heart this morning, now's the time for us to be doers of this word and not just hearers only. Let's stand with every head bowed and every eye closed. God, we thank you for the life of Daniel, for the example that we see of him in the word. God, that even in this situation where we he knew that it would cost him. In fact, it would cost him his very life. Lord, he walked in holiness. He continued in his character and his consistency and his courage. And so, God, I pray that as men and women all across this room today, as we search our hearts and as your Holy Spirit searches our hearts, God, that we would be looking for that, those same sort, Lord, of, of traits in our life, in our hearts. That we be men and women of faith that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness in our lives. Lord, that there are things in our hearts this morning that shouldn't be there, things that we know that need to be put away in the old self, God, this morning that we would repent of those things. God, that we would desire, Lord, change in the inner man, Lord, that we would seek your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. And God, if there's any here this morning that don't have that relationship with that have never been made new and born again through faith in Christ. I pray that today would be the day that they would come and say, what must I do to be saved? Lord, that they would find that there's, that there's forgiveness, and that there's healing, and that there's life in Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you would move during this time. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.